Welcome back in. Excited to talk to our next guest, the new coach of University of Men- University of Utah men's basketball, Craig Smith, uh, who obviously was at Utah State. You're on the DJ and PK show, Craig. Only DJ is out. PK is sitting in. That's me. You're joining us uh, with Gordon Monson. He writes for the Tribune, is also the uh, afternoon host from 2 to 6. Good morning, Craig. How the heck are you? I'm doing great, PK and Gordon. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Now, my thought is my I have voice to... sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we're, we're sort of used to that, though. I mean, that's who you are, that raspy voice uh, in the three years we've been following you. Uh, is he there, Yuck? <laughs> i never heard that noise before. Uh, All right. Something happened with Craig Smith. Uh, I'm excited for him, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, like we talked about with Tim. Uh, Craig Smith is has been successful everywhere he's gone. He's very enthusiastic. Uh, the fan. He's the kind of guy I think the fans can get around as long as he wins, and he knows right. that. And winning is the ultimate. You can. Majerus wasn't exactly a model of enthusiasm. But he won, and you were there. I was there. I was working for the Watchdog at the time, and the place was packed. It was a place to be uh, on Thursday nights. You know, back in the day, they played Thursday nights, Saturdays, and a lot of Mondays because they were Utah was a great attraction with the big Mondays. And to to see what the program has become, I, I sort of have a vested interest in it. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up a Utah fan. I didn't live in Utah until I took the job back in 1993. I'd only driven through the state, for that matter. Never really spent some time here uh, until I got the opportunity to work here. And obviously it's been my home now for 27 years. The rest is history. Yeah. But I I feel like I have a a sense of ownership in the Utah program to an extent. When you go up to the Huntsman Center these days or in recent years, isn't it a weird feeling considering the way it used to be up there? I mean, the place was uh, pretty full. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and now, now it uh, it seems like it's uh, withered a bit. Craig, uh, you're back with us. You're talking a couple OGs. I mean, we've been in this market since the early '90s. I used to work for the Tribune, and my first assignment was University of Men, University of Utah Men's Basketball. So I was there on a day to day basis in the '90s. And you talk about I listened to your uh, press conference on Saturday. That thing was packed, and it was a place to be. Majors had it going on. The just in in my mind, I I don't think it's going to take much. It's going to take work, but I believe that there is a fan base there that will flock to the program. Not if, but when you start winning. How much of that did you know as far as the history, and was enticing to you as one of the reasons you took the job? Oh, it's a huge reason. Uh, I'm I'm a. Uh... I'm a history guy. I, I pay a lot of attention to tradition. And, and you know, coming up through the ranks, I've, wor- uh, I've worked at places where there's not much tradition and, and the fan base can be, you know, apathetic. And then I've, I've worked at a few places where there's a rich tradition and, and the fan base is just craving a winner. And it's my job as the head coach to go out and create a brand of basketball that is exciting, right? It's uh, ha- that has high-level players, 
um, and, and, and good quality, right? Meaning, you know, playing a Gata style where we're going to play super hard, be the first on the floor, right? Make all the tough guy plays, but yet have efficient offense and fluid offense and a style and a brand that's enjoyable to watch. The last five years that I've been a head coach, we've been in the top 20 in assists in the country, including last year at Utah State, we were in number nine. And so uh, I think, you know, this state, right, our fan base is incredibly knowledgeable. They understand great basketball, and it's been proven time and time again. And when I was a young coach, I think I was 24, 25, I was at my second Final Four, uh, went to my first national championship game. Well, guess who that was? Utah against Kentucky. And I just, I was, of course, I was a young coach. I had nosebleed seats, uh, but I was happy to be there. And after the game, the side I was sitting on is the side that the University of Utah walked off the floor. And, of course, everybody was dejected. But it just hit me. Like, this is how you build a team, right? The way they had that team built. And, of course, they had great coaching with Coach Majerus. But I know this, really good players make coaches look really, really smart. And, and it was a defining moment in my life. And I said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I worked at every level. Um, quite a few years ago, I coached in the NAI National Championship game. And, um, and now we want to experience that at this level and get youth basketball where, back where it belongs. Craig, one thing that you said at your opening press conference there that really stood out to me was when you were asked about the strengthening the schedule and obviously the Utes play in the Pac-12, and that's all good. But you seem to be enthusiastic about adding quality opponents from start to finish, or I don't know, every game, but a, a lot of games that way. And it reminded me of what Denny Crum used to do at Louisville back, way back in the day when he used to play all kinds of tough teams, and his team might lose early on, but he thought it helped prepare them for the postseason. Is that is that kind of what's in your head? Yeah, uh, I'm a huge believer in bring on the competition. Like, I, I just firmly believe to be the best, you got to play the best and beat the best. And when you play high-level competition and non-conference play, like, you get a taste of what league play is going to be like. You get a true taste of what your team is, right, and how we can grow and develop and get better. And so and – then, and then the NCAA – tournament committee has made it very very clear right what you need to do and so i like to tell a story our first year you know when we first got hired at utah state we were projected to be number nine in the conference and we had a mass exodus of players i mean kobe McEwen left he was a second team all league guy we had we had i don't know five six guys leave and that was what three four years ago where still people left but not maybe as prevalent as it is this year and so but i didn't care so we were playing in an MTE in Las Vegas. Arizona State was in it, Mississippi State, St. Mary's, and Utah State. We were kind of the, <laughs> that other team, right, where people thought, well, at least we'll get one win. And the tournament organizers said, hey, we got a lower-level tournament. We can put you in. I said, no. Like, we want to play the best. And, and we stayed in it, and we, you know, we lost a tight game in Arizona State. We beat St. Mary's handily. So I think it's so important to get your net ranking where it needs to be, to get your strength of schedule where it needs to be. In our last three years at Utah State, our lowest net ranking in those three years was 42. And so uh, we value that. We crave that. 
and that'll be something we bring to the University of Utah. Greg Smith joining us, new hoops coach at Utah. So uh, in conversations that I've had with folks uh, as far as what was leading up to the situation, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, but it seemed like uh, there was some indication uh, earlier on Friday that it wasn't going to be uh, a marriage between you and the Utes. And then later on in the, into the evening, obviously you ended up taking the job. I don't know how much you want to disclose, but what was uh, the differences? What were they going on? Going, what was going on there that maybe some people had the impression earlier in the day you weren't going to take the job, and then obviously you end up taking it? Uh, well, I'm not sure, I guess, in terms of impressions or anything like that. Obviously things happen quick, and – and I'm here, and, and it's a, it's a life comes at you fast. That's that's yeah. for sure. And so, um, it, you know, just going through that whole thing uh, and getting to know Mark, and and doing my research. You know, Mark just like they do research on their potential candidates. I just his vision for running youth basketball really aligned with what I believe uh, it takes to to run a successful program in every way, shape, and form, whether it's recruiting, your style, uh, connectivity to the community, and, and the players that have led the way, and the, and the former coaches. And so, and I could go on and on, but uh, it just, uh, our visions are aligned. Uh, and, and, of course, we're doing our best to build a team for this year to be competitive, but also build a program for the long haul. And, um you know, it's been a whirlwind over the last, what, 72 hours, or I guess maybe a little bit more than that now. And, uh, and it's been fast and furious with, with the transfer portal, recruiting guys, obviously trying to build a staff and, and doing whatever I can to promote um, this unbelievable program. You mentioned, Craig, the transfer portal there. Larry had difficulty, and maybe a lot of coaches have difficulty these days, keeping players in the program. Uh, some of the players who are, have indicated maybe they'll leave Utah, maybe they'll stay, uncertain at this point. One, are you going to have a good shot at keeping some of those players in the program? And secondly, uh, what's your philosophy about that? Uh, what can be done to, to, to keep the major players that you're looking for over the next number of years? Yeah, I mean, you know, the transfer portal – is, you know, transferring is uh, a part of our game now, right? Whether it's football, basketball, um, and it has been for the last, I don't know, three to five years. You know, the last few years, you know, I think last year around a 1,000 um, student-athletes went in the portal, which if you equate that out, that's roughly, on average, three men's basketball players transfer out of their program per year. That's just the average. And so – it's a big part of the game. And, you know, us philosophically, you know, well, going back, first of all, we've been very fortunate at Utah State and at University of South Dakota not to have too many um, guys leave our program. Uh, and I think that's an indication of how we do things. I think it's an indication of building trust, having a plan in place to when we bring these guys in to, to grow their game, how they're going to fit into our program. You know, looking at our depth chart closely, I'm not big into recruiting guys and selling them sunshine, right? I want them to know exactly what they're getting into from a culture standpoint, from a a community standpoint. Like, you know, not everybody's going to thrive in Salt Lake City, but some people are going to have tremendous growth 
in development in Salt Lake City and in our program. So beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So I think having great relationships with your players, having a plan, holding them accountable, and then utilizing the portal in the right way in terms of recruiting, right? It's almost like, in a weird way, it's kind of like NBA free agency, right? Like, oh, we got a need right here. We need to get more experience, more of a veteran guy than maybe a high school kid can do. So we've had success all the way around. Predominantly, we recruit high school kids, but we've had very good success with transfers and with a few junior college kids, too. So you just got to look under rocks, find the right people, and then utilize that um, to our program's advantage that way. You know, this year, it's hard. It's hard for those players from last year's team that are in the program. They don't know me. Right? They don't know any of our staff that will hire. Well, they could, I guess, but you never know. Um, and so it's hard. you got to build a lot of trust in a short amount of time. And But we've been down this road before. So almost three years ago to the day, uh, you know, got hired at Utah State, and all these guys are looking at me because I'm, you know, I like to talk and I'm kind of boisterous and, like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> but you sit down with them, and like I said, a few leave. A guy like Sam Merrill, who was recruited by Duke and you name it, said, I am staying, and we are going to build this thing, and we are going to get Aggie basketball back where it belongs. And fortunately us, we had three amazing years. For sure you did. There's no question about that. Your record speaks for itself. Craig Smith, new Utah basketball coach, joining us. You speak of your staff. I don't know what you're able to say right now. There's been a couple of reports of Slocum coming back, Peterson coming with you. You've got two guys on the, who are on Larry's staff, who have sons on the team, Martinez and Jones, uh, I would think there would be a possibility of those guys leaving if you did not retain them. What can you say about all that situation? Well, I can't comment specifically yet, um, but you guys do your homework. And so, uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm really excited to build our staff. Obviously, you know, we're going to do this thing right. And we're looking for coaches that are, are very well-rounded. they got to be able to recruit. Recruiting is your lifeline. We all know that. I alluded to it earlier. You know, really good players make coaches look really smart. And we have a, a tremendous job as a coach to put players in the right place to help them grow their game and teach and develop and do all that. Uh, but those guys are out there making the plays, right? They're the ones making the threes. They're the ones that have to box out. They're the ones that have to sprint the floor. They're the ones that have to communicate while they're on the floor. And so you better find the right guys. You know, we look for guys that have character, toughness, guys that know how to play, guys that are gym rats. And I could go on and on, but the, the coaches, you know, we're going to find guys that have strengths recruiting in various parts of the country. we got to have a great presence on the West Coast. Obviously, have to have a great presence in Utah and, and get the best players in the state. And so, uh, and then I want guys that can really coach and have high energy and have great character and take the role personally on helping young men, 18-year-old men, develop into men when they leave this program. And, you know, we're not going to settle for second best, and we're going to go out in quality, high, high high-character coaches to come in here because this place is literally incredible. The resources that we have and the things that we can, quote-unquote, showcase, you know, there's nothing we don't have. So now we just got to go to work and get the guys in the program that want to make it happen. You know, so we're slowly building this thing with our coaching staff. Um, um, but I feel a lot more, you know, I think by the end of next week, we'll have a lot more pieces in place. Okay. 
So, Craig, uh, a two-part question for you. The first one is you've already covered a lot of this, but if you were going to circle the number one priority for you at Utah to make that program successful, what would it be? Because you've you've had success everywhere you've gone, and some of these places you've been, no offense to you, but a lot of people haven't heard of some of those places, and yet you've been <laughs> able to, to climb through this thing. So what is the number one thing you want at Utah? And my second part of the question is, how in the world did you put up with Scotty Gerard up there at Utah State for three years? <laughs> With Scott, he's such a pain in the you know what. He sent me such a that, that guy, we had a great connection from the get go. It might have been our haircut that we just kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I'm challenged, you're challenged, uh, let let's bond. And uh, we had so much fun together on our weekly radio show, and you know, of course, the pregame shows and uh, and then the postgame shows. We really had fun, especially when we, when we won. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's been a a wild, what, four days, five days. This is day five. Um, and last night, I, I finally, I just, and I've been thinking about this, but I just haven't been able to put some things into words, you know, to thank the Aggie community and our time at Utah State. And there's just a bunch of memories that come back. And one of the memories that came flooding back to me was my time with Scotty. Like, I literally look forward to that radio show every Monday. And I love one of my favorite things, and I can't tell you the number of emails uh, that I've had, especially since I've left. Uh, they're not all negative, but uh, where I'm, I'm going to miss the post-game radio shows uh, on their drive home. And like I, I literally couldn't wait to do those. And fortunately, won a lot of games, so it made it a lot more enjoyable. You know, I don't know if I can pinpoint one. I mean, in the in the immediate. Like I obviously we have to get our staff together, but we have to build great relationships with our current players. And re- relationships don't happen just by snapping your finger. Um, it's hard. You're, you're 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 showing them or trying to explain to them what we've always done, and they're kind of looking at you like, "Why should I believe you?" And I get what they're saying because I've been down this road everywhere I've been, uh, taking over a program that has struggled a little bit under 500 sometimes well below 500 and, and flip it around. So um, uh, recruiting is obviously just humongous uh, in the short term and in the long term and not just recruiting talent. You just, you got to get the right guys. You know, the movie miracle with Herb Brooks, right? And, and Herb Brooks says to Craig, the assistant, we're not looking for the best ones. We're looking for the right ones. And, and it's a fine line in building your team. We have a formula for building our team and what we look for. And we got some work to do in that area. And then lastly, and this certainly is at least, I view this as one of my, the top priorities is to generate enthusiasm, show our fan base what we're going to do. We have such knowledgeable fans that our fans will appreciate playing the game the right way, playing unselfish, playing together, having connectivity with the community, and get people excited to support it. And, and when you have a great home court advantage, that directly impacts winning. And I know we're going to build that up and make this place an incredibly difficult place to play. So, Craig, I don't know if this happened. You can answer this. Riley Batten decided he was going to come back after putting his name in the portal. So I want to know, did you, have, did you already re-recruit him, and what do you think about Allen? Because if you want to be successful next season, obviously getting Allen back in the program uh, would go a long way to, towards that. I mean, are you, 
How are you re-recruiting him? And if did you re-recruit already Batten? Well, you you know that's a great question, and, and certainly have met with with uh, every, almost every player. I got like two guys left today, um, but had great talks with a lot of guys, and you know, and you just sell your vision, so to speak. But you know, that's I think a big part of retaining of retention and having that plan. And you're always recruiting the guys in your program, and you know, I always say you're always recruiting, but that's that's relationships and communication. And this is what you got to do to get on the floor. And these are the things you got to do. So, yeah, uh, I mean, had a great meeting with Riley yesterday. And, and uh, he was on the practice floor, and, and he looked really, really good. I mean, tremendous energy, shot it really well, has a great voice and a big motor. And does he got to get better? Yeah, but he knows that. And, you know, with the rest of the guys, you're just you're communicating your vision, what you need to do. But the bottom line is, guys, if guys don't want to be here, and they're not bought in to what running youth basketball is, if they're not bought in to how we're going to do things and play, then, then we wish them the best of luck elsewhere because we have so many great things going on here, and we're not going to settle for second best. You know? So, you know, it's like, uh, right, try, you build trust. Trust is like pregnancy. Either you're pregnant or you're not. You either trust somebody or you don't. Right? There's no, you know, there's no in between that way. So, we're, we're, we're working hard that way, trying to show our vision of what we do. I thought it was great to be back on the floor, getting to see what these guys can do on the floor and start somewhat implementing, you know, what we like to do. So we're big into skill development, and it was nice to see some of the things that we could do at this point. Craig, you said you don't want to settle for second best. The Utes have never won the Pac-12 title. Obviously, you want to win. I get that. But is that your expe- expectation to do to go to a place that the Utes haven't gone over the past decade? Absolutely. Our goal every year is to get, get to the – well, and they've been to the NCAA tournament, uh, had a sweet 16 run, you know, uh, did that whole deal. And, and that's our goal every year. We said the same thing at Utah State, said the, said the same thing at South Dakota, said the same thing at Mayville. You know, Mayville took over a program, and most people have never heard of Mayville, uh, and I understand that. But they had won one game. In our first year, we get to the year before we got hired, they won one game. Our first year goes to the national tournament. Second year, win 27 games, go to the lead eight. Third year, play in the national championship. South Dakota, year three, um, win the regular season championship. Year four, uh, win 26 games, which is the most in the history of South Dakota in Division One. Second most in, in the history of the school. And then Utah State, you know, first year, project the ninth, we win the regular season title, win the conference tournament championship, go to the NCAA tournament, finish the regular season 25th in the country. And then we go to three straight NCAA tournaments. And you know what? It's always a joke when you talk about it until you do it. And I don't know what the future holds, but I know what our standards are, and I know what our expectations are. And is it going to take a lot of work? You're dang right it is. Is it going to take a major commitment? to make this happen from our administrators, administration, our coaching staff, and our players? Yeah, but that's why we're here. And I've never understood the logic of, you know, not doing everything you can to be the best. And I've never understood the, the, the logic of not putting high expectations on yourself. Because, you know what, it's a funny thing in life. Uh, when you do that, often that when you don't accept anything but the best, very often that's what you get. I think Before that let you go, did you write that down? Yeah, that was that was that was deep. 
There's no question. I, I can remember when Utah was in the first conference tournament. I'm down in Vegas, first conference tournament in the Pac-12, I should say. I was there for since '93 with the uh, in the Mountain West and WAC. But the first tournament in the Pac-12, obviously uh, Larry had a massive rebuilding job. And that first year, I'm yeah, in the MGM, did. I'm in the media room, and I'm talking to Pac-12 people, and they tell me, yeah, we're very much worried about Utah because we know they're going to come back because they have an incredible fan base. This fan base is incredible. I saw it firsthand traveling with them on the road all those years. The Final Four, I was there in the Alamo Dome also at San Antonio. I know of what you speak. So the fan base, they want to love this program. Just as recently as yesterday, two guys I ran into in their 70s, and they wanted to talk to me about Utah basketball. So they want to come back. As far as you, winning will bring them back, but you can't win until uh, next fall at the earliest, obviously. What are you going to do in the meantime to get that fan base back into that Huntsman Center? Because I know and you know that they're there. Well, I'm going to do everything. Uh, me personally, I'm going to do everything I can in terms of you know, interviews, getting myself to service clubs, and meet, just touch the senses of as many people as I can and get them excited, right? And 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 show our passion and our energy. Uh, and I'll do the same with our coaching staff. And obviously, I want our our uh, players out in the community as much as possible. It's a tougher time now in that respect with COVID and all that that entails. And of course, now we're heads in the summer, so it's harder for our, for our student-athletes that way. But, you know, like we told our guys when we got hired at Utah State, and I told our guys on Saturday when, it, when I met with the team, like, winning is important to create excitement. No question. We all know that. Uh, but I also think that because of the knowledge of our fan base and our passion of our fan base, they understand quality basketball like they understand an exciting brand and they'll always respect you if you play the right way if you play unselfish if you share the ball if you move without the ball you know if you don't just catch and dribble 15 times before you go make the play and then if you're going to guard hard and play discipline and play with enthusiasm passion and joy and if you do that I know our fan base will back them and support them, and 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 then and that helps the winning piece. So we already know we got to win that way, but we're going to do everything we can, work our hands to the bone, to get out and create enthusiasm and excitement, and bring this thing back. And that's what was cool at Utah State. Like our first game, we probably had five thousand fans, and then the next game we had a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and it just kept building every night out. And, and then the other piece with that, guys, is scheduling. When you schedule good teams, when you schedule good competition, and you bring those teams right to our place, like that creates excitement. When you schedule the Utah, you know, the other, what, seven Division One schools in Utah, I'm a big believer in playing those games. Now, obviously, you can't play everybody every year, but playing those teams, I think, matters. And it brings the state together. And it just creates that banter and dialogue back and forth. And um, so it's a bit all-encompassing from that respect. Someone was telling us, Craig, that you get, you get uh, a bonus if you, uh, depending upon what the attendance is at games. Uh, that's what we were told. Uh, and uh, Is that true? I have no idea. 
I, I honestly, I know you're probably thinking like, there's no way you don't know. I literally, guys, have no idea. I haven't even. I talked to my agent and did that whole thing. They sent the email. I signed it. I didn't even look at it. I trust my agent. I coach because I love to coach. Now it's easy for me to say. I'm. I know I'm getting paid well. I'm never in my wildest dreams <laughs> that I could I imagine that. I coach. I'm the guy that coached for a thousand dollars a year. I, I grew up with no money. Right. I mean, we were. <laughs> We were Pell Grant kids and food stand, like, you know, all that stuff. So I've never, I've never, I've always believed money's never made a man rich. And I don't look at bonuses. I don't know what my dental, dental insurance is or any of that stuff. I love to coach. I'm so pumped to be here. And I will find that out though, because that would be kind of cool. But <laughs> I, I actually have no, I, I literally have no idea. I don't, um, and, and my agent <laughs> represents some other guys. I haven't watched it. We lost the Texas Tech. And I'm a sore loser now, and I haven't watched one NCAA tournament game since since we lost to Texas Tech because I'm still a little PO'd uh, yeah. about that. Now, I might watch some of the Final Four games, uh, but we'll see what happens. So I'll find that out for you guys and let you know. <laughs> I bet your wife knows. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you might be right about that, but I have no idea. I haven't shown – I got the email with the finalized contract, but I, I, I just haven't looked at it. I'm not sure she knows, actually. Okay. Well, Coach, we wish you nothing but the best of success in resurrecting that program, and thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Go Utes!